You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. The Trek Files, Season 9, Episode 20. Fred Freiberger, Writer's Memo, May 2nd, 1968. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, all you Star Trek fans. Hey, especially, of course, you Star Trek historians, all of our Trekophiles spelled with an F out there. You're going to love today's episode. We're going to take a look back at the original series and figure out just how timeless as usual, our document this week is. Uh, you find it, as usual, at our Facebook page, The Trek Files, facebook.com slash The Trek Files. Hey, you veteran Trekophiles, you know what to do. But if you're new to our show, welcome. We have our documents posted every week at our Facebook site. Look, here's an audio sample, but then you want to stick with me because we've got a very special guest this week to talk about it. Justman came up with the idea to stylize the sets for this show, which I think elevates it to a wonderful height. I understand you have some hesitation about this, and I can certainly see the risk involved. However, as you yourself have stated, if a risk is inherent in a property, then it certainly is worthwhile doing. One of the strong arguments against stylizing the sets is that the show might lose reality. I feel the horror and the reality of the plight of our people will be enhanced if we go Bob Justman's way. You know, Truckophiles, anytime we're talking about Bob Justman, <laughs> the great classic Bob Justman from the original series producer and uh, the first year of The Next Generation, the, the rebirth crew that helped Gene rebirth The Next Generation. Uh, it's an exciting time to talk about Bob Justman. Such an amazing guy, such a funny guy, too, in his dry way. Uh, but this is a classic moment of dealing with uh, budget cutbacks. And uh, look... I've got a new guest for the show today, uh, a guy that's come along in the modern age of Trek, and a lot of you know him from his social postings, a lot of you know him from his work on screen with Picard. He's the production designer for season two and season three of Picard, and I'm glad to welcome to the Trek Files, Dave Blast. Dave, thank you so much for um, for joining us today. And I know Thank you, you so much, Larry. You had mentioned this, and the thing we do on the Trek Files, you know, is we look at history, we bring more to what people may not have realized about the past from Gene's documents, but what I also love to do is show how a lot of this is timeless and applies to today. Yeah, and I think what, what, it, what struck me about Spectre of the Gun always was it was so obvious. And again, there, there's so many episodes where they go into another planet and you understand that they can't go to another planet. This is what they have. And, and now we have all these great tools and whatnot, and we are so reliant on the tools to go and do this thing and create this visual spectacle when the reality is a simple tweak of the words and the dialogue. And it's like, oh, this is a memory of what the Old West would have been, not the Old West. There's probably a world where in the 1960s, there was a movie ranch they could have gone to and but there was something about the way that they did it that said it made it more alien. Made it, it's like, oh, we're not just going to an old West place, uh, you know, off the thing, which then would feel like, oh, yeah. we did that. 
we're creating something that is a low budget or budget or not low budget, but cost effective way to do it that then leans into the story and leans into the, the whole spectacle. And I, I thought that that was just a brilliant yeah. way to do it. And when you say can't go to the planet, you don't mean Kirk and Spock and McCoy don't have it. You mean uh, yeah, the, the production, production exactly. yeah, yeah. The, the budget and the physical shooting. Yeah. It's, it's amazing now when you, when you look at uh, productions, you know, um, something like Game of Thrones or all these other, other shows, The Hobbit or the, the Lord of the Rings, they're going to New Zealand, they're going to ice, you know, Discovery went to ice um, to go stuff, to shoot stuff. And you know that for Star Trek, it was a big deal for them to go to Vasquez Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's just really up the street from where we shot the card. So the idea of leaning into these, these things to go, here's our limitations, but we're going to make every opportunity, uh, every obstacle an opportunity to create something cool. And I think that uh, what he says in the memo is it, it makes it scarier. It makes it, we're like, we're not going to sit there and say, we're, we're doing a low budget. We're like, we're going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to make it better by doing it that way. That's always uh, a really interesting way to go. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, budget is always, we talk about how advanced visual effects are and techniques, and now we have the AR wall, right, to shoot against, the mm-hmm. virtual reality wall that's even better than green screening, because you've got, the actors can see it in the moment, and you've got angles in depth, and you don't have to, you know, cheat your angle. It is, and it's not, because right. uh, it's one of those unique things, that it's like, people people don't realize it when they're watching the thing, it has one big drawback, it has to be there on the day. So the green screen has this great thing where you're like, uh, something big and cool is going to be over there. We're going to figure it out later. The AR walls like got to be there, done, ready, to, which means you start months in advance and you've already figured it out. So by the time they get there, the director's got to know what he's doing. Everyone's got to, so it's a lot harder in a lot of ways, but a lot easier on post-production. Some very cool things. Right. I mean, the tech of all, and see, just CGI ships versus analog ships, which I, I, it's just like the moment in first contact. I miss being able to go, you know, touch the ship <laughs> and have it real versus, yep. and go visit that versus seeing a bunch of people hunkered over consoles working on their screens. It's a lot more romantic to go visit ILM or, or Image G back in the day and see the models on a stand. But it's whatever generation it is, you've got a bunch of creatives who would always, you know, whatever the budget is and whatever you can advance over the last generation, you're still sitting there with time as much as money and having the limits and people always wishing they could have done more. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the old production triangle. You can have a good, fast, or cheap, take, take two. Um, and it's, it, it inevitably you run into it, but I, I think what really struck me with the memo was that they understood going into it that the easiest thing to do is change words on a page and in a certain way to make it more interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, uh, and I think that they did, did that a lot. Like the episode of Reading, when we first start out, the, the planet they beamed down to, it's like, it's just a big, you can tell it's not, it's, they didn't go to a giant backlog set. It's, a, it's like, it is what it is. And then they, you know, beamed to Vasquez Rocks, but it's like, it's smart designing of how things are done and back to, you know, oh, well, we can't afford to take the shuttlecraft down to, to the planet every time. So we're going to beam down because that's, you know, yeah. but, you know, again, we, we run into these challenges now in the story writing because we've established that, oh, place to place beaming. It's like, you know, beam me directly to the bridge. Well, if you can beam me directly to the bridge every time, then why do I need a transporter? 
And it's like you're beaming me from, from not from a transporter room to a transporter room. You're beaming me from the bridge to a planet. So right. I'm like, why don't we just have, you know, O'Brien sitting in the dark corner by himself working some controls? But uh, you inevitably want the idea, the, the drama of the transporter room and that thing. Right, because if you're going to have a crisis, if you're going to have, <laughs> hey, heaven forbid that the transporter fail, but if you're going to have a transporter issue, better to be right there with the console than just, you know, having right. it, having it be a beam in a room. Well, did you, so Picard, for, for one thing, I'll just say, once again, say congratulations for for being there and then and doing so much with Picard season two's look and feel and, uh, and, and season three, which we've yet to see, but at the time we're recording, but. Um, and and having such a, a huge team and uh, and including bringing back some of the uh, some of the golden era creatives, some of those names. Well, that we my know so my well. goal with the, the show was never to put my stamp on it. I'm not really that interested in my stamp. I wanted to continue the voyage of what had already been created. So I wanted it to do. And and I think what uh, Peter Jackson did with the Lord of the Rings trilogy when he did that was. He got all these artists who had been designing stuff for decades. And we, as fans, knew what to expect when we saw the movie. It's like, yeah, it, you know, Rivendell should look like this. I want to do the same thing with Star Trek. It's like, we have the guys. They're still there. Bring the band back together. And, you know, and you know, in season three, uh, famously, uh, Worf gets a new weapon. Uh, and I'm like, and the prop team started doing, and I'm like, no, no, oh, Dan. They're like, well, he retired. I go, oh, um, and then Dan was just so excited. Oh my God, he went, yes, and Michael's good. And then as soon as Michael find out that Dan was doing it, they're like, they're left because they they practice their their martial arts together. And it's like done. And it's like, and then from my standpoint, I'm like, this is a win win. No, oh, you don't like the sword? Oh, Dan Curry does. You know, he outranks us all in sword design. <laughs> So no one's going to say that they don't like the fans going to like it and Michael's going to like it. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it, it's a brilliant piece. And we can talk about it because it's, I think Terry's talked about it as well. So yep. was there a moment in, and you know, it's season two is out there. So was there, mm -hmm. a, did you have a, a deja vu moment just like Matt? By the way, can we just say, you're talking about getting the band back together. You had the existing army of designers and uh, um, illustrators and craft people and graphics and all that, the whole army of people involved set decoration obviously you know it, they had such a skeleton crew in the 60s trying to do mm -hmm. these shows and and the thing that i get i and and i can't i understand modern audiences especially younger viewers look at the original series now and they have issues with it some of it it's, it is 50 60 years old oh, yeah. but my point always is go and look at what else was on tv at the time if oh, you've got and a it's moment beyond, beyond anything that's there yeah. and the complexities of it and, and it's like just the where do you you know you're you're prior to the the moon landing and it's like oh we're doing spaceships and this and that and just figuring this stuff out and it's like um because we would have that stuff all the time it's like well what's what's on the wall over here it's like back there it's a uh, you know uh and then you just get people like i don't know i'm like yeah exactly you got to figure that out and there's there you know in the world of 3d printing and you know drawings and everything like that we often get stuck on the things of well we can 3d print something i'm like or you could run out to the airplane junkyard and grab a bunch of stuff and then put it on and you know famously uh roger yeah. corman told me one time about james cameron when he was a uh production designer creating an entire spaceship set with uh to go like a mcdonald's to go box the styrofoam things and he painted in silver and uh 
and you know i'm like okay roger i will i will do that um <laughs> and we did and it's um but it's like it's the thing of you you know the creativity to do those things and, well dumpster dumpster diving is no stranger to star trek and i want to say great john dwyer who's set decorator original series second half and uh and and uh, came back for all the first year next gen and um all the next gen movies with herman zimmerman but uh mm -hmm. speaking of great production designers herman yeah but, well and then also you know when people compare it to that era i'm like i wish i was in that era because the dumpster that you were diving into had all these other shows dumping into them so it's like oh i need a, a you know a console well, it's like oh there's an enterprise console over there chairs things you know it's like this is you know a, a, oh wait there's a, a railing from regular one go scale that to, for something for the end and you know that there's a uh, yorg on, on uh, online it always points out how each piece you know moved from one movie to another but it's like something as simple as the transporter room going back to that how it's the same transporter room from the tos movies to next generation it's like so clearly you know you have right. the ability let's go shoot that and uh that uh for picard we did you know especially season three which is um all new stuff and we're all in space so season one was kind of its own thing and then season two, we're back in time. So for season three, where we're doing a lot more Starfleet stuff, we were starting from ground zero. And it was, it was challenging, especially given that there was no downtime between season two and three. Right. We finished season right. two on Friday, started season three on Monday. And, uh, and it was amazing because, uh, you know, it's like that. They just released a, a trailer with uh, Picard getting the message on his communicator. And that was the first scene that we shot for season, for season three. And um, and we had literally just finished season two the you know uh, a couple right. days before. So it was it was a quick quick bounce into it. I guess the the closest thing I can think of in Trek history is when they knew the Generations movie was coming out. I mean, they barely gave everyone. They gave people two weeks. They were exhausted by the time Next Gen season wrapped, final season, and they finished all good things the finale mm -hmm. i think they everybody was exhausted and they gave everybody got two weeks off and then they came back for some people the actors got two weeks off the crews mm -hmm. were all working around the clock yeah. so many too many tv people were working on that first movie but that's the almost you know seamless time yeah. and, and the other thing we were talking about dumpster diving i mean i was talking literally when they would get like you said the mcdonald's the example there from <laughs> from corman the and and um you know they were finding you know packing forms and the plan to, now you watch the original series but also next generation all well oh, yeah. you know finding the plan I, I know the one of my fun stories is this, even on the movies i think shinzon's throne seat chair on his ship mm -hmm. in um in nemesis is the reverse of a of a wheel well from a certain brand to pick up i mean you know it's oh, just yeah. that kind of thing oh yeah it's it's, it's amazing and, and it's one of those things when you see stuff up close and personally like oh wow that wow um but yes and famously and, and you will see it in in season three and i think perry's already shared a photo or not uh we use a, a lot of the, the there's a particular uh, grading that was used and it was you know, i i have such a fetish for this particular thing that we but it was also that thing going you don't have the original people you don't have the, the original uh warehouse of stuff so you got to figure out what was that thing that you saw everywhere and where did they get it? And I spent six months looking for this particular grading to find out. Uh, they're like, oh, we got it from this star. He's not in business form. But I'm like, but what was it? What, I know it's a thing. 
I know where we got it, but what was its original purpose? Uh, and it turns out it was uh, freezer grading uh, for pallets for, for putting in freezers. So I went and bought it. And, and, and Bruce was like, I'm sorry, you're spending how much on what? I go, I need to spend a couple thousand dollars on freezer grading. And they're like, but why? I go, oh, but you'll see. We're going to get our use out. We're talking um, about the the famous grading, right? It was in the transporter yes. room. It was that, yes. Yeah, it was that. And then you saw it on the ceiling. You saw it mm -hmm. on the floor. They made furniture out of it. And Alien I'm like, worlds, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everything, everything. And I'm like sitting there going, we have to do that because that is like the drywall of Starfleet. And I go, and in 20 years, 25 years, you're not going to get rid of a new drywall. So it has to be there. Um, so we will see that again. Well, you know what you're doing? You're doing real-life time travel because it's exactly what everybody was doing on the you know, Herman and Mike and Doug and everybody up down the line were doing for Trials and Tribulations when yep. they were having to match sets exactly when they were marrying, you know, the the uh, marrying those original scenes with modern. We we did we did we didn't really do like the matching sets thing, um, but it's the even with this well, just thing, the idea. You, yeah. you get the idea, but it's it's so much harder to go back and and do it because you're like. Here's this thing. I don't know what it is, but I have to find it. Whereas, right. you know, in, in that area, you're going, here, that looks cool. Put it here. Right. You know, you that, know. that hunt for what you know used to be, and does it exist, yep. and do we, and how much do we spend, and when mm -hmm. do we call it quits, and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's basically our, our thesis today is the ingenuity of dealing with, and again, people always talk about budget, but a lot of times it's just time. And even though you guys have expanded time as well, you've still got a finite amount of time. Yeah. And that head start of only doing 10 shows, and and uh, we have a year in between. Well, for Picard Season 3, as we said, you didn't have that. You were turning yeah. right around and moving on. And we and, and we also, we were we were going into it, and you're while you're doing your, your finale, and unfortunately it wasn't like a best of both worlds where you're finale and your and next season are, are kind of the same thing we were going into all new whole new adventure and then you know and as it turns out on, on a whole new ship so there was lots and lots of stuff going on all the time so uh it is it's an amazing ride and i think the fans are gonna love it well, just saying it's an all-new ship is uh, an all-new look is leaving everybody salivating for uh, at this point. So we can't wait to see season three, Picard. And uh, after it's out, we'll be we will be loving it over the years. We all know that. Dave, listen, uh, thank you so much. I knew this was a perfect. It was your idea for this document, and I'm so glad we had one to match. But it's a concept that it never gets old, and that's what I love about um, the industry. But that's what I love about Star Trek. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. The Trek Files, everybody, is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. All of our documents here and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Now for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek in Portal 47. Yes, that's me at larrynemachek.com. Hey, that's where you can find a link for all the new Trek Files swag and shirts, too, at our Tee Public shop. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.